Hallelujah. I'm sure you're already enjoying yourself, seeking His face, praying. Now let's go to the Word for a little while and see what we can receive. Praise God. Father, we thank You. We worship You. We open our hearts to You. We trust You, Holy Spirit, to lead us, to guide us into all truth. Thank You. We receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You remember, I'm sure by now, um, Jesus talked about His mountain experience there in Matthew 17. And that was wonderful. How He was transfigured right there in front of their faces. And um, then the disciples came down with Him from that mountain. And then the Bible says they met Him a certain man. Um, in verse 14 when they were come to the multitude there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying Lord have mercy on my son for he's a lunatic and sore vexed for oft times he falleth into the fire and into the water often and though notice that I brought him to thy disciples they could not cure him then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now verse 19 says, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. Notice that. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. So, you know, it's interesting to understand that he's not saying that there's a kind of devil that does not respond to the name of Jesus, that you have to add prayer and fasting, only then that is going to leave. No, that's not what he's saying. But rather, he's saying here that it's unbelief that has to be fasted out. Notice that. That has to be denied and our faith has to be fed. So during uh, times of fasting, it's not a time to force God to do this and that, but rather it's a time to open up our hearts to hear and edify ourselves, build up ourselves on faith and the right kind of thinking so that we can handle and defeat any kind of mountain in the way and speak to any demon that may be in our way too. Praise God. So don't uh, misunderstand this. I'm sure you know. He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that means that much faith, very pure faith, without any contamination, that you will say to the mountain, which could involve problems or situations, maybe looming before you like a mountain, you could say to it, and it would obey you, and nothing would be impossible. 
So we like to spend time uh, strengthening what we believe from the Word of God and denying unbelief. Praise God. So let's look at uh, some of these thoughts. Unbelief has some kind of combinations that go together and that if you find one, then you found the other. So it's nice to explore where unbelief can also be hidden. Notice in uh, the book of Num uh, Matthew also, the 13th chapter, there's an interesting um, line up there towards the end of the 13th. Let's go to verse 54. It says, uh, When he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch they were astonished, and said, Whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works. So this is coming to his own hometown. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this his mother called Mary and his brethren James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then has this man all these things? So these are people who know the family well and they know the brothers and even the sisters of the Lord Jesus. In other words, Mary did not remain a virgin after giving birth to Jesus but had other children. And so Jesus grew up in a family with brothers and sisters. And uh, these people know the, the, the village, people know the family, they know um, everything about him. He's a carpenter's son and so on. And the Bible says that began to affect them, verse 57, and they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Praise God. So Jesus calls himself a prophet there. Jesus operated in the old covenant as a prophet, anointed of God, uh, and so even though he was the son of God, in his ministry he was acting as a prophet anointed of God. Hallelujah. Very interesting. And he did not, notice that, many mighty works there because of their unbelief. In other words, Jesus could not do certain things there, even though he loved his townspeople, his townsfolk, and he wanted to be a blessing there. He could not do many mighty works. He could do uh, smaller works, not mighty works. So if we can begin to uh, zero in and understand how to receive him and honor him uh, properly, I guess we could also find out how to tap into the mighty works of God. Hallelujah. So notice here he says um, they were offended at him. And then Jesus himself said, that a prophet is not without honor except in his own house, except in his own town. So it, it's hidden there. You can see some things hidden there. One of them is called honor and then offense. And that became equivalent to unbelief. Are you seeing that? So unbelief can be hidden as dishonor and being offended also. Praise God. You know, not seeing the true value of a person or the true value of what God is doing in our midst, the true value of the things of God. Hallelujah. So um, 
I believe that we are living in, in days when there's a lot of dishonor, generally in the atmosphere, as you read about you know, the atmosphere, even among the church folk. I'm sure you will notice there in the book of Timothy, it talks about how they'll be unholy, unthankful, generally disobedient, and you know, a dishonorable behavior will be there. So during fasting and prayer, it will be nice to focus on honoring God, honoring His Word, conducting the things of God uh, properly, giving honor to whom honor is due, etc. Praise God. Very, very interesting thought, because you want to be sure that there's no unbelief, and therefore you can experience the greater things that God has. Amen. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, and continue to focus your mind on things that will honor God, honor His Word, honor the things of the Spirit um, above just whatever the world has out there and whatever the world and your senses may try to say. So notice here that the disciples were asking the question, well, how come we could not cast out this, this demon? They had seen demons cast out before, using the name of Jesus. But this was a peculiar situation. And that's when Jesus said it was their unbelief. Hallelujah. All of us have the faith of the Son of God. We have a certain measure of faith, which is a tremendous measure. Praise God. The, the same faith that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And that faith is active, operational, and available at the same time. But it must be kept like that in a pure form. Therefore, without unbelief, without these uh, things that come in and disguise the unbelief. Praise God. You will see an Old Testament story. You know, the covenants have changed, but the God of the, the covenant has not changed. There's an interesting story there in Numbers, the 12th chapter, with Moses. You may be familiar with it. And Moses had uh, married an Ethiopian woman. Praise God. Notice there, Numbers 12, Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Notice the emphasis there that he had married an Ethiopian woman. So God did not have a problem with that. And it was, she was not an Egyptian woman, she was an Ethiopian woman. But, um, you know, this brother and sister combination did not like the idea of him marrying an Ethiopian woman. Praise God. And that can happen in families where they are not very excited about your choice of partner or whatever. And in this case, maybe it was a choice of complexion. I don't know, maybe. Praise God. And they just murmured about it, spoke against him. Verse 2 says, And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. In other words, they said, What special honor does he have? All of us have this honor. All of us can speak as we are speaking from, from the Lord or for the Lord. The Bible says the Lord heard it. Of course, God hears everything. But notice that 
is emphasized that he heard that. Verse 3 continues saying, The man Moses was very meek, humble, above all the men that were upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> and don't forget, he wrote that statement himself. Verse 4, And the Lord spake suddenly. So God has these interesting emotions and maybe you could refer to it as an outburst even. The Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and to Miriam, all three of them, Come out, you three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they, and the, they three came out. Hallelujah. Come out of, unto the tabernacle. And then verse 5, The Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called. Notice here, God is usually in the most holy place, but here He comes out. Isn't that interesting? I think it really affected him. God is still affected by, you know, these kind of things. The Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. He said, if there was a prophet among you, the Lord makes himself known unto him in visions in a dream, but my servant Moses is not so. Verse 7, who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches. So he had this very interesting communion with Moses, is what he's saying. There was a freedom with which he would uh, deal with him because of his faithfulness, his humility. The things that he brought before God were uh, tainted or covered in humility. Praise God. He said, Not in dark speeches and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Hallelujah. He's not just Moses, he's now his servant Moses. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. Verse 10 says, The cloud departed from off the tabernacle. Behold, Miriam became leprous. White as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Miriam is supposed to be the elder sister, and uh, she was a person who also took care of Moses as he grew up. But you know, she had crossed certain places in saying things like that. She had not honored Moses the way she was supposed to. You know, and it comes because you get familiar or you know people in the natural and all of these things they happen and she became a leper the Bible says Aaron is really moved and Aaron says to Moses I beseech thee notice he says Aaron said unto Moses my Lord I beseech thee so Aaron now changes his mode and begins to respect him immediately calls him Adon my Lord I beseech thee lay not the sin upon us wherein we, we have done foolishly and we, wherein we have sinned. So they recognize him now the way he ought to. Let her not be as one dead, and so on. Verse 13, Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O Lord, I beseech thee. So Moses begins to pray for her, intercede. And the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, 
Should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp. And after that, let her be received in again. So, you know, if a, a child had dishonored the parent, the father, they would be put outside the gate and they would have to be there for a week. How about that? So he said, let her be out there for a week at least. And the Bible says, Miriam was shut out from the camp for seven days and the people did not journey until Miriam was brought back again. Hallelujah. Interesting. So here you, you can see that um, her external appearance also has changed because she was maybe criticizing the external appearance of Moses' wife. Hallelujah. Interesting. Anyway, after seven days, she was restored and she came back in and left us with a thought. This thought is that we must learn to give honor when honor is due. We must be able to handle uh, the things of God, the Word and the Spirit with a certain honor and esteem. Hallelujah. I believe the New Covenant has a lot of grace, a lot of mercy, and so we may not be seeing things like this just happening out there. Praise God. And um, so let's just keep that in mind because we want to be open unto the mighty works, the greater things that God may have for each one of us. So it's just a personal thing where you want your faith to work. You want to be able to speak to mountains. You want to be able to have things move out of the way. Demons clear out of your way. And you go forward and receive what you ought to. Because one of these days, it'll all be over and we'll go back home. So let's press into these things. Let's believe God for these things. And move on with God. Hallelujah. So it's interesting. You know, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all are God. And they are, God is love. God was love way before man sinned. Way before he created anything. God was love. God is always love. And love means that there must be someone to share the love with. So you can see that the, the Trinity had that sharing of love among them. Very interesting. And so um, they were in love and enjoying love among themselves. Think about it. But they also had this interesting kind of function going on at the same time. Jesus spoke in uh, uh, John 14 and said, If you love me, you would rejoice because I'm going to my Father. My Father is greater than I. Interesting. God is love. They are all God. You know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But He said, My Father is greater than I. In other words, by worth, they are equal. But by function, they have a... Uh, rage, uh, I mean a rate and a, a grade and a value. Are you getting that? Worth-wise they are all equal. Let's just say that by function they have, you know, a variety of values. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the same thing applies to us. When God sees us, He gives us value as parents and children also have same value. Praise God. But it's just a matter of function. Same thing with husband and wife. You know, we are equal. In the things of God, 
just from the Godhead you can understand that there's an equality. If there is no equality, then comes slavery. So there has to be an equality and then based on understanding and function, we give honor and we give respect to whom respect is due, honor is due. And so it's not based on um, uh, lack of worth, but it's based on function. Hallelujah. So your children are going to grow up and one day be, you know, your kind of age right now. And you will be older and they will say, yes, we have grown. But guess what? In God's eyes, even though we are equal, there's an honor given to the parents. Hallelujah. Just because of the function as parents, they grew those children up. Similarly, you know, in Christ, all of us have the same value as Christ because we are heirs with Christ. Romans 8.17 says, we are joint heirs with Christ. So God looks at us and says, we have the same value. Each one of us is just like Him. Interesting, isn't it? Even though God is God, I mean, what a place we're given to sit with Him, to be joint heirs with Him. It's a very amazing thing. But our functions make us, you know, on a different kind of ladder or a different kind of step or grade. Hallelujah. So keep that in mind. God has honored us. God has made us flesh of His flesh, bone of His bone. Just as He is, so are we in this world. We are one in Christ, etc., etc. So many things where you're one spirit with the Lord. Amazing verses like that. But by function, you know, we have to treat Him as the Lord. He is the Lord. Hallelujah. We are His people. Isn't that interesting? So this kind of thinking must start to permeate us, affect us, and begin to um, keep our faith pure. Are you seeing that? So that we can speak to mountains, demons, whatever in our way, and they shall back off and leave and obey us, and all things will be possible. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look at some more verses, maybe like this. Thinking material. Very interesting. The way you think is where it is. You know, we're changing our thinking until we meet Jesus face to face. Amen. Look at this scripture here in 1 Samuel chapter 28. This is talking about Saul. And you know, he was the people's choice, not necessarily God's choice. Even though he was taller than all the others, he did not feel that way. Praise God. He was not the kingly material. God looks on the inside. David had the right kind of heart according to God. Anyway, some thoughts here from there in verse 15, 1 Samuel chapter 28. Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Verse 16 says, Then said Samuel, Wherefore 
Then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee and is become thine enemy. Hallelujah. Interesting. So, very interesting um, situation there. And I believe uh, you need to think about it a little bit. But what we want to go away with today is verse 16. He said, the Lord became his enemy. The Lord doesn't answer him. The Lord does not really talk to him anymore and became his enemy. So you wonder, is that even possible? But James chapter 4 brings up a situation here. Verse 4, he says, You adulterers, James 4 verse 4, You adulterers and adulteresses, very scary kind of language. I mean, I used to read it and just get the shivers. Know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So there it is. It looks like this has continued into the new covenant. And a person can be the enemy of God if he's a friend of the world. And the world is not just you know the globe and the people out there. But it's a certain way of thinking. It's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. According to 1 John 2, I believe is verse 16. You know, that whatever you see starts to move you. Pride, self-conceit, all these factors begin to move you rather than the Word of God. Hallelujah. Or your feelings are moving you. What the world appreciates is moving you. And so we need to begin to balance out and weigh out things properly and choose what honors God, even if the world and the systems of the world do not value these things. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you want to be able to receive answers and you want to be able to hear from heaven. You don't want to get to a place where you don't hear anything. You don't get any answers to prayer. Amen. So it is a very possible thought that while you're fasting and praying, you should be thinking about, am I being moved by my senses? Am I being, being moved by my feelings? Is it my pride? Is it a self bloated opinion of myself or am I trusting God's word? Amen? Let's just go with God. Hallelujah. If God says something, you just say that settles it. Pride is to stand against the word of God. So just accept what God says about you. I believe Saul had other opinions rather than God's opinion. You know, you may look at yourself and say you're nothing. That's true. On your own, you're nothing. But in God's eyes, in Christ, wow, you're more than a conqueror. The greater one lives in you. You are his address. You are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones. So your senses may try to just dictate to you uh, who you are just by the natural. But don't listen to that. Don't yield to that. You are in Christ. You are now flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. You are what the Word says you are. Hallelujah. That is the truth about it. That is seeing it God's way. That's giving honor to whom honor is due. Praise God. So it's going to uh, change things. And the Bible says that unbelief will be dealt with there. And so your faith becomes vibrant and can achieve and receive. Praise God. Just a few thoughts like that. Notice Hebrews, the third chapter. Praise God. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you 
an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You know, I could just see eyes pop when you read that and think, can a believer actually have an evil heart of unbelief? But then as you examine closely, it's not talking about the spirit of the believer. It's talking about the deep thoughts, the imaginations, the thinking. Amen? So it's possible for a believer to have uh, an evil thinking, evil thoughts, thoughts that do not honor God, thoughts that do not agree with God. And so they form the core for unbelief. So unbelief comes from thinking. Unbelief comes from uh, deep imaginations. Hallelujah. But as we turn and begin to give our minds to the Word and just accept what God says about us and God says about the situation, the unbelief is crushed. Hallelujah. The unbelief goes out. Amen. This is a quotation out of the things in the book of Psalms. The, I believe it was the 105th Psalm where they tested and tempted God. It was tough. We've studied these things. He says, verse 13, Exhort one another daily. In other words, this kind of thing can help, uh, try to hang on to us on a daily basis. It needs to be dealt with on a daily basis. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Unbelief is sin. And that is going to be dealt with on a daily basis. So you need to go after your thoughts every now and then and fast all the unbelief, fast all the hardness, all these ideas of seeing things the way the world sees it. We'll have to fast them out of our lives. Praise God. Not necessarily by not eating, but by denying entrance to those kind of thoughts. By not focusing on those kind of thoughts but rather focusing on what God is saying about us. Amen? So keep that um, benchmark on the inside. Verse, six, verse 15 says, While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Notice that. So they had this idea of murmuring and complaining, just looking at things in the natural, and it just disturbed God. God said, The land is yours. I have given it to you. Just go and possess it. Take me at my word is what he's saying. Honor my word. My word and I are the same. When I say something, you can take it. You need to take it. Otherwise, that could offend God. And mighty works may not show up. The things that we thought could happen may be hindered. Hallelujah. Praise God. So keep that, you know, playing constantly in your mind where you're not moved by what the world is approving so much. You are moved by what God's Word approves. That's going to be a daily thing. Some of us, you know, may be more targeted than others because, you know, you may be in a place of leadership. But don't forget, Jesus has called us to be equal in that realm. But because of function, we have to honor whoever honor has to be given. Praise God. So if you were in a company, in a family situation, you could see all of that. Imagine the boss is, um, you know, maybe in the office alone and working late. And the guy who cleans comes in and cleans his office and the boss is still working on some computer or whatever. 
you know, he'll have to maybe wait patiently and then tell the boss, I like to clean under the table there, you know, could you move? Praise God, and, and just do it, right? Meanwhile, the boss could stand up and shout and scream at him and say, who do you think you are? And uh, how can you ask me to move? Can't you see I'm busy? But that would not be God's way of doing it, right? God's way would be, he stands up and says, please come and clean, thank you. While he's still working on the stuff, he'll stand up and say, please go ahead, thanks for the job, man. And sit down and continue, right? Now that's what we're talking about. So, just because we have these different kinds of, in quote, job descriptions, it doesn't mean that we're not equal. Hallelujah. We're equal, praise God, by worth. We are worthy of the blood of the Lamb. We're equal in God's eyes because He paid the same sacrifice for us. Hallelujah. We are the brethren of the Lord Jesus. We are joint heirs. But just because we have different functions... We learn to just honor, because that's God's way. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I'm almost done. You know, I can see it's a, a weighty thing. And uh, just thinking about it will handle a lot of stuff. Praise God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. There's a story there about a guy who did not live honorably in the church. In fact, he had some relation with his stepmother. And the Bible says they did not um, kick him out of the church and that was not a happy thing. He should have been kicked out. So verse, if you read there in chapter 5, it says in verse 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast with the leaven, neither with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So when we take communion, let's just make sure we are sincere and true. Then he goes on, he says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Yet... Not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or idolaters, for then you must needs go out of the world. He's saying, I'm not saying that you cannot, you know, have business or do things with the unbelieving world people, but rather in verse 11 it says, But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother a brother. See, he, we are supposed to be on the same level with the brother. But then, he's a fornicator or covetous. He's an idolater. He's a railer. He's a drunkard, extortioner, with such an one not to eat. Isn't that interesting? For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. So there's an, you know, interesting things in the world where you have to be able to judge um, you know, the actions of your brother. Even though you and him are equal, you have to judge by the fruit, by what he's doing, 
habitually. And you may have to now even cut yourself off from such a person. Very, very tricky place, you see. So may God help us in handling these kind of things. And keep ourselves, you know, watch your own heart, watch your own life, I believe, so that these things don't creep in. And he called the believer there, covetous, you know, uh, idolatrous. This is a brother. So a brother can have some things rising up in his life as an idol, taking the place of God, him becoming, becoming covetous concerning certain things, desiring certain things more than he desires what God has said about him, wanting to jump the gun, you know, praise God. So you don't have to uh, agree with all of these things. When they come up in your mind, say, that's the world's way, I don't do it that way. I'm going with God. I'm going with His promise. Whatever God said, that's what I have. That's what I receive. You may have to physically even separate from such people according to the Word of God. It's very tricky. People will say, where is the love? You know, you need to treat us with love or, you know, you need to walk in love. And that's true. But it is love that is saying these things also. Hallelujah. So there's a very interesting play uh, where you have to balance all these things properly to have a faith that works and produces the results that you want. Amen. So, you know, we have enough time to check our own lives. Keep these thoughts before you constantly. Let's see if God will help us to clarify and then come home and be standing before Him without any blame. Blameless, sincere. Hallelujah. That's what He expects. Praise the Lord. Let me read one more verse in Matthew, the 19th chapter. Glory to God. Very interesting. I'm sure your mind is already alive thinking upon all these things. It's good. Matthew 19 verse 1 says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, He departed from Galilee and came into the coasts of Judea, beyond Jordan. Great multitudes followed Him, and He healed them there. Verse 3 says, The Pharisees also came unto Him, tempting Him and saying unto Him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? You know, that word there is interesting. It means just for whatever reason. <laughs> they had that mentality, you know. Ah, I don't like her makeup. Or I don't like the way her hair is now. Whatever it is. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 4, and he said unto, he said unto them, <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, cleave to his wife, that the twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement to put her away? And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Wow. There it is. So, um, hardness comes there and tries to separate you from your wife or your husband. So you can see they are just emotions. 
All these things are feelings that come because of what you may be seeing just in the natural. Meanwhile, in the spirit, God has joined you and made you one. Hallelujah. In these days, you're going to find out that people are against family. They are saying you, you don't have to be married to anybody. You can just live with them and it's all right. And they're saying that uh, two males can marry, two females can marry. You can just have some children thrown in there and it's a family. And they're pushing heavily. These things are present tense, you see. But it was not so in the beginning. So there's a time of beginning or innocence in quote in God. You see, now innocence is gone. It's become vile and vicious and contrary to God. And therefore you could say it's full of hardness, full of unbelief, full of things that man and the degenerate society have combined together and it even comes into the church. So my brother, my sister, be careful that you do not lose your original purposes in God. The way God said it, that's final. Don't agree with the world, even if it comes into the church. It's still from the world. That's not God's way. That's not the way God thinks. Hallelujah. Praise God. I heard about Barclays Bank, which was a famous bank back then, uh, closing some church finance thing down. They shut the account because the um, you know, lesbians and the gay people said so, and that bank obeyed them and cut uh, the account of the believers out. This is in the news. So they're, they're becoming stronger and stronger. They're gaining momentum. They are beginning to command people to do things. And uh, the atmosphere of the present day is like that. And they are beginning to now... Uh, actually control things. And um, we are living in those times right now. And Jesus knew that we would be in those times. So the church has to successfully navigate through all of these things and have living, powerful faith that we can see the great works of the Lord. Hallelujah. So keep these things. It's in, in your mind. It's in your thinking. You need to be able to handle your thoughts properly. That's a daily work that has to be done, a constant work. And so let's just close with one more verse in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse. Finally, brethren, what things soever, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. So it will have to pass all of those eight qualities before it is thought worthy, <laughs> imagination worthy. So you may have to constantly check and see if that thought is worthy of your thinking. <laughs> so that your heart, your deep thoughts are full of the faith, full of the word. So that you can have what you say and nothing will be impossible. Notice, nothing will be impossible to you till the last day when you leave the earth. You can walk that way no matter what's going on outside there. Hallelujah. Let me read that also in the message. It says, summing it all up, friends. I like to say, 
I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, notice, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Interesting, right? Let me read one more um, from uh, the Living Translation. And this is what he says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Hallelujah. So it's all neatly put there for us. If it's not authentic, if it's not based on the truth of God's Word, if it is not lovely, if it's not praiseworthy, you don't have to think about it. It's not worthy of space in your thoughts. Hallelujah. Your thoughts are for high thoughts, God's thoughts, heavenly thoughts, to overcome, to win again and again. God's plans are for good, not evil. To give you the victory in every place, always. He has paid for it and it will work for us. Hallelujah. I believe God is stirring us up to honor Him and the Word and the things that He honors properly on a daily basis and we will walk through victory after victory. Hallelujah. You are blessed. Have a wonderful time. You're going home one of these days so quickly. Amen. Let's pray a few uh, minutes as we get ready to go. I want to pray for Sister Suguna Fernandez. I just feel I should pray for her. Lord, in Jesus' name, we agree right now that your mercy works for Sister Suguna. The hand of the Lord is upon her. The tender plans and mercies of God for her life working mightily in Jesus name Mashere bokuta malabrafe lekel bolosombre semia breveto estu kore bala gende pravest mingrate favore feliente rensto men de vido lombre gesto favalinda rabayande represento kalama reki supali de gramba lito comodusto brazample di fea o remenj de bramba la virele visto Thank you for strengthening her to receive your benefits in this day and hour. That she will walk the full, complete package and come home in glory. We thank you for your people. We thank you for the church. We thank you for those who are saying they're part of what we're doing. That you will count them worthy of your calling, Lord. Each one of them. Count each one worthy of your calling. That you might be able to fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in each life. That the work of faith will be with power. That the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in each one. Each single person. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in each one. According to the grace, the benefits and deposits of your goodness and your truth. Hallelujah. According to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So We're so grateful, Lord, that you are good and your plans are good. And these plans are going to unveil and unfold, strengthen us, that our thought patterns will settle on your word, settle on the things that you have said. Ha-ha. We thank you for open doors. We thank you for favor. 
we thank you for the goodness of God unveiled in these days. Ha ha ha. No matter what's going on outside there, we thank you that your people are receiving. They are not enemies. Ha 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 ha. Their answers are coming. God hears. Oh, we give you thanks. Their Father hears their prayers. La proste vevelo corriente. They are receiving instruction. They are receiving counsel. They are receiving guidance. Manto roboshi predeke de borokuzanda. Oh, la prava yanta la maya. That each one will have wisdom for the last days. Wisdom to handle the thinking of the last days. The attitudes of the last days. Oh, shaprapa lite rokuzindere bayanda. We bless marriages. We bless families. We bless children. We bless those who have cursed us, abused us, refused us. We just bless them in the name of Jesus. Hashere baranda lo presente rombolo secreste bele gende ribarakasaya. Oh, maklete kelendo robura bayanda. Oh, thank you, Father. You said when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. We just forgive and we release so that our Father in heaven shall also forgive us. Ha ha ha. Mandoroko shebre kelmelite kelienti. May there be no bitterness. May there be no hardness. May there be no thoughts that are contrary to the word. Hallelujah. In each of our lives, Abba Father, may we stand strong in this day. May we overcome no matter what. May we speak to mountains. May we speak to hindrances. May we speak to demons. Anything that stands in the way of your people, may they be cleared out in the name of Jesus. May their paths become straight. May they find themselves on the paths of righteousness that God prepared for them before time began. That they will walk in those places. They will fulfill those realities that God has marked out for them. In Jesus' name. Crasselote brende, braje le bregende le procosto le faia, le monte, manzambre, balocrondo, brenge brefa linda la carieste, o lembreste, lambrate, le coroto, presto lomine, frabanda valiendo rocosto. We bless you, we praise you. O shepabramba la baia. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, great King. Thank you for hearing us. La presento roposebere begente. Oh, your mercy. Your mercy, your mercy, your mercy. Your mercy on our relatives. Your mercy on our neighbors. Your mercy wherever we live. Ha ha ha. Shambarabalanda rabaya. That they will know you. They will call upon your name. That none will perish in the name of Jesus. Reposkere mandare ala boko soto. Makle dote devreve de kele boko rosto. Mankeno korondo bariende. Recosto laboriende. Mercies of God. We thank you for working for Father Valen. In Jesus' name. The children, the school. Thank you for the opening of the things of God here. Church and so on. Your mercy work it out. That we will fulfill all that we are created for. Until we see you face to face. Hallelujah Lord. Every mountain, every hindrance be removed in the name of Jesus. Thank you Father for hearing. Thank you for answering. We receive your benefits today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're blessed. Thank you team.